What is it like to move away from your family in Utah to attend Harvard University? How do you choose which college activities to be involved in with your limited time? How does one create a community or second family while far away from home? What's it like to be part of the arts board for the Harvard Crimson? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview Ha, first year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, well welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. Great guest today. Ha? Ha. Ha. All right. Um, start med school next week. Yes. How's it feel today? Um, with less than two days to go. I'm very excited, but I'm also very nervous. So I think they cancel each other out, mm-hmm. and I just kind of feel maybe zen. Zen. About That's it. a good a good way to do it. What did you have? What plans did you have this weekend? How are you gonna? Um, so I hope to watch some movies, mm-hmm. read a lot of books. I have a huge pile of books, um, and a couple of my friends from high school want to do archery. So I'll just be going to the archery place down at Sugar House. Oh, fun. That. I've seen yeah. that place. Do you yeah. you so, do you do archery? I had, when my friends want to, I come along with them, okay. but it's been a while, so Do you help spot them? Do they need spotters? Is that exist in archery? Okay. I don't think I don't think you need spotters, okay. but it's definitely it's just like fun to have someone there with you to mm-hmm. kind of like watch mm-hmm. and like congratulate you when you like hit the target. Yeah, like if, especially if it makes that sound like that. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of fun. Cool. All right. So let's start in the beginning. Um, at what point did you think about becoming a doctor? Was it what were you young? Or was it more in college? Like when, when did that kind of decision start solidifying? So I started becoming really interested in medicine, maybe like when I was about around 10 or 10. so. Okay. Um, and that came from my experience with my grandparents. When I was growing up, my grandparents lived with us, and they often had a lot of different health concerns and various issues, so the hospital kind of just became a really big part of our lives, and even though I was, like, too young to, like, be brought, like, along with them, I would, like, hear a lot about their visits afterwards, Um, and for me, I think the thing that interested me in medicine was that it was a very scary time. I remember there was this particular moment, um, like seventh, eighth grade, around that time when my grandpa got diagnosed with melanoma. Mm. And then on the day that he got surgery for it, my grandma fell, fractured her spine. And then a couple of months later, we also found out that she had cancer too. Um, And so during those months, the medicine was just really prevalent. And I think that there was a lot going on like factors outside that could have caused a lot of troubles for my grandparents. They didn't really understand English. Um, There's always concerns about like the cost of treatments and everything, but my grandparents always loved seeing the doctors and they always respected them. And seeing that, it just made me really think, wow, what is it about medicine that can take something that can be so raw and so hurtful, but transform it into something that makes people somewhat excited and can find hope. And so that kind of launched me into looking into medicine more. Did, did you help translate or were you just... Um, 
I when I got a bit older because so technically you're yeah. not supposed to use ten year olds yeah. to translate, yeah, but I yeah. know it still happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was basically my mom would translate a lot mm-hmm. more. Um, but when I got older, sometimes if my mom couldn't go to the appointments, I would go mm-hmm. in their stead and help translate. But then this is in yeah. Salt Lake City. Yeah. And how are your grandparents doing? Um. So. During college, my grandpa passed away, mm-hmm. and my grandma moved back to Vietnam. Okay. But um, she's doing pretty well okay. in Vietnam. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. So, all right, you're 10 years old, and then you grow up in Salt Lake, and then you attended West, correct? Yeah. So, let's talk about West, like IB program, I mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I assume it was like a really positive experience? Yeah. Okay. I really liked West. Um, I enjoyed being a part of the IB program because... Mm-hmm. It gave me a lot of, like, exposure into, like, things that I don't think I got to do a lot. Like, they have... It's somewhat annoying when you're, like, there in the moment, which mm-hmm. is, like, writing the extended essay, which mm-hmm. is where you choose a topic of interest and research it. But mm-hmm. it was actually pretty cool getting to get into it mm-hmm. um, and to do that. And I met, like, a lot of, like, great friends there that I still keep in touch with and mm-hmm. who I'm still pretty close with. So Wes was definitely very fun high school experience and then west helped prepare you for the next experience yeah so let's talk about how did that play out um did you have a really good college like advisor or how many schools did you apply to or what did that look Um, like yeah yeah so for me i just ended up applying to two schools Um, two schools i applied to the u and then i applied to harvard early action okay and so early action rules you can only apply to your state so you're locked you're locked in Yeah. yeah Um, So those were the two schools that I applied to. There was definitely, like, some advising, but I think that I just kind of, like, stumbled into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like, I would reach out to, like, counselors when, like, I had specific questions, but and they would, like, give us a lot of resources. But I sometimes, like, kind of go about things a bit confused Mm -hmm. and... It's fine. Why Harvard? Why 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 early uh, early decision? Early accept assurance? Early, early action? I early think action? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was kind of so after you know when you like take the SAT and everything. A lot of people they like schools start like sending you like information packets and everything like that. Uh, Harvard made a pretty good impression on me because. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one moment they sent us stuff about, oh, if you have questions about financial aid, feel free to like fill out this form. And I did. And a few like months later, the financial aid office actually called me and like said, hey, we saw that you had some questions. We're happy to like explain the financial aid initiative, what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, they have the admissions office has this undergraduate minority recruitment program. And over the summer before senior year, I got an email from a student there, and she was really willing to answer a lot of my questions. And what struck out to her answers was that she really loved the community there. And Harvard has like a really nice built-in community system with their house system. Um, Interesting. So it was something that really excited me because I care a lot about communities, and I care a lot about like having like creating like second homes and things like that Mm -hmm. so I think with all of that like the academics is definitely very important but I think the community and all those other things pushed it over the edge for me and also they just felt a lot more approachable compared to Mm -hmm. some other communications I had have you ever visited Boston before no okay so it was kind of (laughs) it was 
It's kind of risky. Okay. And then did, did, did they interview you for early action, or how does that look yeah. like? They all, so they, anyone who applies for college gets interviewed, and they do alumni interviewing. So here in Utah. So, yeah, yeah okay. so an alumni, I went to an alumni's home, and we, like, talked for an hour okay. or so. And so you got in, and then, mm-hmm. and I assume you got into the U2 for undergrad. Yeah. And, and any conflict there, or you definitely, you're committed to Harvard? I, like... I guess, like, for a moment, we were trying to see if, like, it worked financial-wise. But mm-hmm. after we realized that it did, I was pretty committed okay. to going there. Yeah. So let's talk about Harvard. Like, how was that? How was it going from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Boston, to Cambridge? You've never been before. Like, how was that jump? How was that experience? It it was an adjustment. Okay. I will have to say that. Um, I definitely had... Because I really was, like, always, like, in Salt Lake beyond, like, sometimes traveling a bit out. So Mm -hmm. it was weird being really away from my family, which I was also very close with. Um, And I, it was, like, a very different environment than a lot of what I was used to. Mm -hmm. Um, Both, um, and I, and it was, like, really cool. I remember the first, like, few weeks, I was, like, wide-eyed, very excited. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was, like, but eventually like the excitement at the beginning like dies down and yeah. you kind of have to get serious and it, it is a bit hard not having your family there mm-hmm. i remember because i went to stanford mm-hmm. similar to harvard but mm-hmm. i would argue better weather <laughs> I, I would not argue against that <laughs> and i remember like coming out of high school i went to skyline and you know i took a lot of ap tests we didn't really have the ib program back mm-hmm. then um you know and i thought it was hot stuff but then you know i get to stanford and in my dorms it's like like, oh, like, here's someone that took, like, three times as many AP tests. And, yeah. and oh, they, they not only play violin, they can make a violin. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can construct one. And, and it, was just, it was just kind of overwhelming and intimidating because, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden, all these people are really accomplished, really smart, really driven, really ambitious. And they're all kind of just right there. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds yeah. somewhat similar. It yeah. De- yeah, yeah, it definitely can get a little bit under your skin if you don't, like, learn to, like, realize that you're doing... Everyone has their own path and everyone has their mm-hmm. own goals. Um, so, how, talk about your path. Like, how did you find your path at Harvard? How did you... Because, like, you did a bunch of activities. I mean, how did yeah. you end up picking those? And how did you find your passion, I guess? I think it just came to what um I think part of it was a lot of my values do like come into like community Mm -hmm. um so a lot of my activities was like involved with like being a part of a community and really getting to like experience people's different perspectives uh for instance one of my more memorable activities was being part of the Harvard Vietnamese Association Mm -hmm. and that was really important to me because a lot of times and a lot of people there also said the same thing is a lot of times at Harvard when you do activities it's for your resume or it's for like an end goal Mm -hmm. Um, but at the Harvard Vietnamese Association it was just really to be there for each other and to give support Um, and so that's what like I really enjoyed about it and so I definitely like loved being part like I definitely like tried a lot of different activities and dropped a lot of different activities but the ones that stuck were the ones where I enjoyed the people that I was around Mm -hmm. and then secondly I think when I came there I knew that 
I was pre-med and I knew that eventually I'd end up in medicine, Mm -hmm. but I felt that I would never have four years to really explore things outside of medicine. Mm -hmm. So that was also where I took a lot of my passions was to focus more on the arts, which was a field that I had a lot of interest in, but Mm -hmm. not something that I would like make a want to make a career out of. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of impact there. So going back to the Harvard Vietnamese Association, mm-hmm. like what kind of activities did you do and how many yeah. people attended? And, yeah. and and it sounds it sounds like a really cool group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very small group because mm-hmm. the Vietnamese community within Harvard is actually pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it would just be like only 10 or so people would attend activities, but we would do retreats where we would just like go off for a weekend or like a weekend night to just spend time with each other, cooking food with each other, playing games. We also like to do a lot of educational activities um, or to do activities that show like the different types of Vietnamese food. One of the popular ones was in Halloween, Would we would do a fear factor where we would do like different Vietnamese foods that kind mm-hmm. of look a bit gross, but are somewhat delicious. Okay, um, okay. I'm nodding so, my head, yeah. And so we would do that, and it would, it would always be really funny just seeing like different people reacting to mm-hmm. different things. And then during my junior year, one of the co-presidents of the Vietnamese Association decided to start this program called HVIET. Mm. So... Um, At Harvard, there were a lot of different programs where students could go to, like, countries in Asia and teach seminars um, for, like, a couple, for, like, a week or so and really, like, help those students in those countries, like, learn about different things. But Mm -hmm. they didn't really target Vietnam. And so my, the co-president really wanted to have that because she felt that a lot of the education system in Vietnam can sometimes be pretty rigid as it is in a lot of Asia. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to introduce a lot of like the liberal arts spirit to a lot of the students. So Mm -hmm. she started that and I joined along and helped with it. Um, I never could go to the summer camp because of a lot of other different priorities, but I helped interview the students in Vietnam. I helped choose seminar leaders for it, mm-hmm. and that was also a great experience. Do you do you feel is the the Vietnamese American population is it is it larger in Utah or is it bigger in Harvard or is it tough to say? It's tough to say. Okay. I like it's also just because I think it is like a lot larger than you would think in Utah, mm-hmm. but then I always think about like Texas or Southern California, mm-hmm. particularly Orange County where it's really big. Mm-hmm. And so I would say but I would definitely say that I feel that it's felt it might have felt maybe a lot bigger here compared to at Harvard. Mm-hmm. So it's not, in a way, like it sounds, and, and correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, like going off to Harvard, kind of doing that jump from Salt Lake City to Boston, New England, mm-hmm. that like this started to become kind of your family away from when you, mm-hmm. since you, you know, couldn't be as home as much if you yeah. attended the U for undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, and that was like definitely one of my families. Yeah. I, well, I made a lot of different families. Yeah, let's talk about the other families because I, <laughs> I, I know you're being very modest, yeah. but I know you've done a lot. So I am just trying. Um, yeah, what else did you do? So um, the other big thing I did was being a part of the Harvard Crimson. Mm-hmm. Um, and part- so the Harvard Crimson is the independent college newspaper mm-hmm. um, at the school, and I was a part of the arts board. Okay. So that meant that we covered uh, art-related events happening on campus in the greater Boston area, and we wrote a lot of book reviews, music reviews, film reviews. So 
So you got so you got to get you got to get paid to go to art shows and movies and plays and yeah. Am I, thought, well, am I characterizing like, this right? Or? It was more like well, I did like I was in a program that did get me paid, okay. but it was more like for majority of the students, it was more like we got it for free to okay, all the things, all right. and we got advanced copies of books that we might want to read mm-hmm. that people haven't gotten yet. So did you get to interview like artists and authors and yeah, okay. I did. There was I. For instance, when they had a special Boston Calling mm-hmm. um, feature article, I got to interview a lot of the people playing at Boston Calling. Okay. So, it's really cool. Um, yeah, and I assume got a lot of cool stories and met interesting people along the way. Def- yeah. Okay. It's definitely, maybe not in the way that people think, mm-hmm. um, because I know that Hollywood and the media likes to portray things, like with the arts, very crazy. Yes. But, but I definitely, it was very interesting because I, even though I really liked the arts, throughout high school, I was very much more focused on the sciences, mm-hmm. and the arts was kind of, sometimes I would go support a friend when mm-hmm. they were dancing. Um, and so it was really cool getting to meet all these artists and to talk about their passions, mm-hmm. what drove them, what they were interested in, how they saw their art within the greater society. And so I really enjoyed it. How did you get into the Crimson? I mean, did you do like like high school journalism or? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I. Because I just have this image yeah. of again that kind of this media, you know, like yeah. all the president's men or Spotlight, which oh, is yeah. a newer movie, you know, yeah. like got deadlines. You have editors yeah. and you know, yeah. trying to make sure people aren't trying to censor you and yeah. trying to have you know, yeah. yeah. So I so in high school I like wrote for the Red and Black, which was the high school newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, though actually, when I like started college, I didn't want to do journalism. Mm-hmm. I thought four years of high school journalism was enough. But one of my um, entryway mates in my dorm um, got into the Crimson, and he, like, really loved it, and he kept telling me about the wonderful community mm-hmm. and everything. And then I guess there was a part of me that actually did miss getting to just sit and interview people and mm-hmm. talk with them yeah. about their lives and their passions. And so I... Joined. Before okay. I turned on the pod, we had this conversation. You don't, yeah. don't like that. Usually the tables are turned. How, yeah. how am I doing so far? Would you rate me pretty okay no, as an interviewer? Doing, I okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> try not. I try to be approachable. So, all right. So, um, the Harvard Vietnamese Association, the Crimson. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else outside of class? Because you know, yeah. like again, like there's just this image yeah. of studying and, yeah. and doing all the pre-med yeah. recs and then all yeah. these activities on top of it. Yeah. And um, I also danced. Okay. Yeah. So, I primarily danced for Harvard College Bankra, which was very Teach fun. me about that. What is, what, what is Bankra? So, Bankra is this dance from the Punjabi region, okay. which is a region in India. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, a lot of times it's like, I don't quite know um, the exact like history of it. Because whenever I would ask some of the captains about it, they would make a, they would like say something that was kind of jokey. So mm. I don't know if I can <laughs> completely trust them with it. No one really knows. It's a yeah. mystery. Yes. I, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it sometimes was like related to like celebration, mm-hmm. um, because they were because it's a very joyous dance. And the thing I say about like they would always make it very jokey is because whenever we dance, they would the captains would get very angry that we weren't smiling big enough because mm. they would always say to us, you guys are celebrating that you're getting crops. You are so happy Mm -hmm. that you, like, are going to be fed for the next year. And that's, like, so smile like Mm -hmm. it. And so 
that was it was really fun it's very dynamic a lot of like jumping mm. um a lot of squats um and a lot of like yelling sounds halfway through to get the spirit up it's any good. orthopedic injuries no. Okay, you were... Though, okay. though, I guess now that I think about it, I do have a lot more ankle and knee injuries from hiking than So it was pretty intense. It, it, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was definitely... I remember the first time I, like, started it, it was because my um, blockmate wanted... Like, it was an open house, so she, like, kind of convinced us to go with her. Mm-hmm. And the first day I came out, I was really sore. Um, but after a while, you get used to it. Awesome. So you're having a great time... And you're still thinking about medicine. Mm-hmm. What was your strategy with graduation? Because mm-hmm. what, what you, you graduated and then you you, did, you had a gap year or two, right? Yeah. Okay. Did, yeah. 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 So let's talk about that. What was your what was your kind of thinking? Um. So I think for like in like the medical path, um, I decided to major in biomedical engineering mm-hmm. because I felt that was a really like I really like to see science applied and to see like and problem solve and design solutions. And I felt biomedical engineering could give me that background. Mm-hmm. And it also helped fulfill all the pre-med requirements within the course itself. And so I decided to do that. Um, and I did like look into a couple of, um, like I volunteered at um, a primary care clinic for okay. a summer. Um, and then I also did research um, and so I did, like, those little things. But it's definitely, I got really busy with the other activities that by the time I graduated, I knew that there were still holes and that I might still need to do a lot more exploration to really figure out my place. Holes in your application. Yeah. Or holes in, or would you say holes in, like, your desire? You weren't, weren't 100% sure you wanted to go down the medical path? or what? I, would, I would say, well, I feel like at a lot of moments, you sometimes face a lot of self-doubt with medicine mm-hmm. because it's so competitive and you sometimes wonder, like, am I good enough for this? And so there is always that that you feel about it. But there was just, it was more holes in my application. Okay. And I felt that I didn't really quite understand what I wanted to do with medicine yet. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that there was something about it that really drew me in. And whenever I was, like, in the clinic or working or like hearing about medical problems it made me really excited Mm -hmm. in ways that a lot of times a lot of other things didn't but I knew that I needed more experience to really understand for certain about it and then so when you graduated did you decide to stay in Boston or what 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 was your kind of I I was ready to go home okay so came back to you yeah so How, how did that go I mean you know, because, like, you know, you're living in Boston, and, and, you know, it's kind of a jump, and then you get kind of used to the art yeah. scene and the restaurants, yeah. and, yeah, you know, and, yeah, so, like, coming back, yeah. like. I think the hardest adjustment was that um, when you graduate from a school like Harvard, a lot of people go their separate ways, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people end up focusing in Boston, New York, Bay Area, and D.C., and mm-hmm. those are, like, the main hubs, mm-hmm. and so going back to Salt Lake City, I felt a lot farther from all yeah. of these people who mm-hmm. I had made a lot of wonderful memories with, a lot of people who I, like, refer to as my sisters, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that was the big adjustment. And it was definitely that these were the people that I would go every week to watch films and discuss the way that they were getting shot and, like, making critiques about mm-hmm. the film with. And suddenly I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, so it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It was definitely isolating for a while. Um 
and but because your high school friends, a lot of them are probably still around here, but they have their own lives and they're kind of doing their thing. So So a lot of them also went out of state for college and then also stayed out of state. Thus is West High School's reputation. Yes, Yes. (laughs) Um, West High School does a great job placing students. Around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely. I did have a couple friends here, and they mm. definitely helped. But as you said, they were very busy with their own lives. Okay. Um, but I will say, I was really happy to just be home. Mm-hmm. There's one thing like I, you never really appreciate seeing mountains all around you until you leave to a place that's sea level and you don't see mountains anymore. Mm -hmm. And I really missed my family. Um, A lot like had happened in my family while I was gone. And it was really hard for me to realize that I was like thousands of miles away and couldn't be there for them Mm -hmm. when they needed me most. So I really wanted to just be home with them again. So you come back to Utah Mm -hmm. and how do you start plugging those holes in your application? What kind of stuff Um, did you start doing? So I returned to the research. Well, I was like, working remotely for the research lab, but I started like throwing myself back into the research lab that mm-hmm. I worked with um, in Utah. And then I also started looking for more volunteering opportunities because I definitely realized I was a bit more like, I did a bit of volunteering here and there when I had the time for it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't something very longitudinal. So I started volunteering at Primary Children's Hospital. Um, I started volunteering at the Utah AIDS Foundation. And then I also found another part-time job that I really enjoyed at the Hope Lodge. Oh, okay. Yeah. What were you doing there? So I was um, a coordinator, and basically it's when there's off hours so that the full-time staff isn't there. I'm there to make sure that the guests have all that they really need. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's any concerns, I deal with those concerns. For the people who don't know, what is the Hope Lodge? Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what's yeah. kind of their mission? Yeah. Yeah, so the Hope Lodge is... Basically, it's cancer patient housing, Mm -hmm. and what it does is it serves people who live within a 40-mile radius away from Salt Lake City and have to come into Salt Lake to get treatment. So for this Hope Lodge um, specifically, it was a lot of people from rural Utah, Nevada, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Mm -hmm. and they would come down here, and it was completely free. Um, and so they would be able to stay there and have a place to go to mm-hmm. when, while they were getting their really long treatments. Okay. So as a coordinator, I just made sure that if they had any issues with their rooms or any like medical concerns, I like refer them to the right person. Um, I also like just helped them. A lot of them had never been in Salt Lake, so I would help them like find out where the markets are, give them tips about restaurants, tell them about things that they can do. And sometimes every month I like to organize a food-related event for them. Cool. So some, most of the times, it because I would work weekend shifts, there weren't that many people there because some people would go home for the weekends. Other people didn't have appointments, so they didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I would just typically like just have like cookies out or like donuts or things like that. But sometimes I would like make smoothies or cook waffles, which mm-hmm. was always a hit with the guests. So that was the Hope Lodge, and I really liked that because both of my grandparents dealt with cancer, mm-hmm. and so it had, like, a really big personal connection to me. Sounds like you did some really amazing experiences after you came back here. I, I felt they were very, like, important to mm-hmm. me, but, yeah. So you're doing these, um, and I assume you have your kind of eye towards the application process. Mm-hmm. What... Um, what was your strategy going in? It sounds like you had a strong pull to stay in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and 
they say for interviewers, you should never ask a question you don't really know the answer to, but I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Like, 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 did you apply broadly? I mean, what was, or, or did you kind of, again, kind of put all your eggs in one basket? Yeah. Well, I actually, if I felt like, if I had felt comfortable with it, I would have liked to have just applied to okay. Utah early mm-hmm. and make it my one school. But I did realize that in some cases, my application wasn't the strongest. Mm-hmm. And so when I talked with my advisor, they recommended that I just apply broadly okay. because they felt it was just better to get into a med school than to not, not get into med school. Med school. Like yeah. a good advisor to All right. So how many schools did you apply to? Um, over 30. 30? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. a lot. Okay. Um, MD, NDO or just MD? Just MD. Just MD. All right. And then... I assume, because, again, I've done this job long enough, mm-hmm. like the secondary started to roll in. And that, in and of itself, could be like a full-time job, yeah. right? So how did you deal with that? What was your what was your kind of strategy? Um, kind of bang them yeah. out as soon as they came in, or would you kind of let till a critical mass and then, yeah. yeah. So I s- ended up submitting my application a bit later mm-hmm. than I wanted to, but it that was also good because it took about a month for them to process my application and have the secondaries roll in. Mm-hmm. And during that time secondaries were rolling in for people who had gotten them in earlier. Mm-hmm. So I would check student doctor net, oh. which is, this is the only time I would typically say to check student doctor net. Yeah, yeah. I, I know student doctor net. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like look up all the secondary questions at the schools I was applying to that mm-hmm. got posted and I'd start pre-writing. Um, so that helped it when the secondary started rolling in. But there was a point where things were getting a bit overwhelming and I had to take some vacation time mm-hmm. off of work just to lock myself in a cafe and write secondaries 24-7. You're like on deadlines, like crimson time, right? Like deadlines, you got to get this stuff in. Yeah. I I will say I'm appreciative of all the writing deadlines because I got really good Mm -hmm. at cranking stuff out Mm -hmm. really quickly. Because all these medical schools are asking similar questions, but similar, but yet little Mm -hmm. different questions. And yeah, yeah, you just have to be careful. And yeah. yeah. Um, So 30 schools, how many interview offers did you get? I got five interview offers. Okay. Good. Um, um, but I only went to four of them okay. because I got into the U before the fifth one. Okay. So, so you're able to save some money. Yeah. And you go out and start interviewing. Um, what'd you pick up on the interview trail? What'd you learn? I, I assume different mm-hmm. interview techniques mm-hmm. were being administered. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely, it was really interesting seeing the different vibes from different schools and also even like schools that would do like MMIs had a very different approach to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then similarly, the traditional interviews also very different. So it kind of got interesting trying to like figure out how to like adjust to all of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing was it was interesting seeing what each school would emphasize. And when you go there, you would like definitely see like what a school was passionate about, what they were driven with. What I was really interested in was this interview that I went to, I found that they all, like, had very common chains. Like, mm. they were all very interested in, like, community service, and they were, like, interested in, like, like being a really integrating yourself into the community. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, and I guess that made me think, like, well, I guess my application must have said something that yeah. made those specific schools interested in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, did you apply to Harvard Medical School, HMS? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we um, had a joke at Stanford that yeah. you had to be really, really good to like. They kind of like didn't like their own graduates. Like uh, it, was, yeah. it was very rare for yeah. someone to graduate from Stanford undergrad and also enter yeah. Stanford Med. Like there, yeah. there's a handful of people to do it, but yeah. it was very yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, I was slowly like, my advisors was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, and they just kept pushing it. And finally, I was like, okay. (laughs) But they like, but like at Harvard, they do like take in a lot of Harvard grads Grads, in too. But all right, so you're out interviewing, you're learning about the different schools, you're getting the vibes, Mm -hmm. seeing what they emphasize. you know, it's interesting because, like I, like, I think we try to emphasize certain things, but there's still, like, you know, students, applicants still, mm-hmm. it's all about their perception, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, sometimes there's a disconnect. Um, and then you got into the U. Mm-hmm. Were we your top choice, or did you kind of have this struggling period? Like, oh, I don't yeah. know, or, you know, like, how, how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah. Um, no, it yeah. was definitely the moment I got into the U. I was like, good, I'm, okay. I'm set. Okay. Um, because I was just really hoping mm-hmm. that I would get into the U. It was where I really wanted to be. Why? Why did you choose the U? Because first, definitely, like, I wanted to stay close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, four years away was like made me like really just realize a lot of what you miss mm-hmm. when you're not close there and so I really wanted to be close especially since like now it's just like my mom mm-hmm. um, without my grandparents so I wanted to be with her um, but also I think so a lot of the reasons like the people and the reasons why I got into medicine was here mm. at like this hospital system um, because my grandparents was like always at the U um, or the Huntsman and I also, like, I also had a lot of doctors that I really loved and, like, that I got a lot from who were also from the U. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when I was in high school, I was still, when I was still, like, thinking about, like, was, would I be pre-med or not? I did a hospital internship at the VA, and that was what really solidified my decision to mm-hmm. go into pre-med. Uh, the best, the research that I really, like, fell in love with and enjoyed was at the U, and so I think the things that like brought me to medicine the most were always in Utah. I do remember when I called you. You were you were a little shocked, but also very happy. I could tell. Yeah. And I got you know again like I yeah. felt I got yeah. the vibe from you that you were going to stay here. Yeah. But then again, like you know, like with with, with your Harvard background, you, know, you probably got yeah. in other places. So. Yeah. And then like you know like Boston, like yeah. ah, you know, like yeah. I, so I, I kind of like said yeah. okay like no. so in my mind I think you were in, you were leaning towards us. Yeah. But oh, I, I yeah. felt like, oh, you know, like, yeah. I was, I was definitely very joyous. I was, okay. I like actually, I was walking from like a room where I was like processing Western blots to like back to my lab, mm-hmm. and I like passed by the VA, like the Building Two VA lobby, as the call came, and I like broke burst into tears afterwards so I had to find a little corner in the lobby and just like kind of cry so. oh so sweet um, oh yeah so glad you're here okay so um you're gonna make me cry um yeah so um you know school starts very soon and I'm not gonna hold you to this but like where do you see yourself going what kind of doctor do you think you will want to be um yeah. You know, I mean, because like I, I can To me, I, I love this question because, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna have you come back on the pod, but I'm gonna ask you it again. But just to kind of, to see how as you get more experience, if that starts changing, because you yeah. know, like, you have a wealth of experience already. So yeah. I'm just going, like, yeah. where do you think you're heading right now? Um, specialty wise, I'm gonna leave it open mm-hmm. because I know that once you like actually get into the rotations, you figure out which vibes with you a lot more. But I really want to work with underserved populations um i can't imagine not being involved in the community Mm -hmm. or doing like some aspect of community health Mm -hmm. in the future and um a lot of doing with like my research lab i've gotten exposed to a bit of academic medicine Mm -hmm. and i do really like teaching and mentorship so if i can somehow like do that into it 
that would be ideal. So, would you even touch like global health? Would you do a rotation back in Vietnam or? I, I would love to like okay. actually do a rotation. Okay. All right. In How's your Vietnamese? Proficient, but my mom always tells me I need to get better. So I guess not good enough. All right. So if you're going to Vietnam right now and start talking, would people say uh, you kind of have an accent or? They or, they know I'm an American. Okay. They would pick up <laughs> yeah. like that. You're, yeah. you're okay. All right. Yeah, so I definitely need to get on that, but I would love to like do either like a health project with Vietnam mm-hmm. or like to go and do rotate at a hospital. There. That'd be so cool. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, um, last question: If there's anyone listening out there uh, who's thinking about going to med school, or um, you know, might you know might might have some doubts, like what would you say to them? What advice would you give them? Hmm. That's a tough question Mm because I feel like I could go off for five hours Mm -hmm. with thoughts. Um, But I think the thing that I would say is that a lot of times, like choosing this path, it can be very scary. And there's a lot of times where you're filled with Mm self-doubt. But I would, if you're ever like facing self-doubt and uncertain if it's like the best path for you or if you're going to make it, I would just think, really think about like, why you love medicine and follow that like why medicine and do activities that really ground you in it Um, because I also do know that sometimes you're like looking like oh I have to do 1,000 hours of this and this and this but it's easy to like get caught up in those numbers and those statistics but if you just figure out like what drives you and really follows that you'll like eventually stumble into your own form of medicine that's Mm -hmm. really you and really personal and you'll be very happy with it well that's fantastic thank you thank you for coming on thank you for having me and we'll have to have you come back and um i don't know if we have a student newspaper but maybe you should help get it off the ground i don't know if you have time (laughs) i will say it's even though i didn't do news which was the most stressful i did arts which was very chill we do have an arts kind of uh, magazine and art it's like an Uh, annual edition so that that sounds ruber ruber Ruber. Uh, am i saying that right okay the ruber people will talk yeah you'll you'll learn more about ruber when when the when the school picks up all right thank you thank you so much Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.